Greetings, greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being on our broadcast today. I'm Emmanuel West, Jr. with Yahweh's Remnant Ministries. I've been called a priest since age 12, been studying diligently over 50 years of my life. Been in debates, discussions with preachers of all faith, rabbis, you name it. And we will teach you much on this radio program. Today, I will teach you some things that's going to be mighty disturbing to you, but it's in your Bible, and you need to know what it's all about. Today, I'm going to teach you about the original sin in the garden. And uh, it'll be a part two teaching. We're gonna, the next segment going to be about marriage and divorce. And I'm sure a lot of you are going to interact with this teaching. And so go ahead and get your notes out, get your pen out. I love discussions in the Word of God. You won't learn the Bible diddle-daddling. you got to get somebody who does some more intelligent studies and see what they have to offer. And so, ladies and gentlemen, in our initial study, we told you about the Trinity, the mighty Yahweh, the triune Yahweh. He came out of nowhere. He invented time and thoughts and processes that make us humans. And the first thing that he did was he brought out of himself was the Shekinah glory. In Proverbs, he's called Chokmah. That's the eighth chapter of Proverbs. And from, from himself, he brought out of himself his feminine essence. The Holy Spirit is a woman. And every woman, whether you're a little girl, a grandmother, a wife, or whatever, every woman on the planet is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. If you do not exhibit the tenderness, the goodness, the gentleness, the mercy, the weeping of the Holy Spirit, you, you're not much in the image of the Holy Spirit. That's what you're an image of. Men are made in the image of Yahweh. But you women always bickering and raising hell. You are made in the image of the Shekinah glory. She is all goodness and per- perfection. All she does is seek and save the lost. Whenever you offend her, then Yahweh steps in and he will remove you. It's a terrible thing to do offensive things in the presence of the Shekinah glory. And when you going around talking about the Lord told me this and God showed me this and this, that's what you call blasphemy. I came on these airways. I had planned to lead you uh, gently through many teachings, but we are in the end of time. It's time for you to study, to learn, to grow quickly. You got to come out of that lethargic lifestyle you have and get down to serious and critical study of the word of Yahweh. So he has prepared me to come here to Atlanta, Georgia, and make you aware that a lot that you need to know, you really don't know. And so when he brought the Shekinah glory out of himself, he made this vast universe we have. Billions and billions of universes, planets, stars, and all kinds of things out there. And you know, a woman, she likes to decorate her house and so Yahweh gave the Shekinah glory, this vast universe, to decorate. It's like a wedding gift to her. And then they, he made the angels. The angels were not made like Adam and Eve from some kind of substance. They were created out of nothing. We don't know what their original substance is, but they are of a different order than human beings. And these angels are servant creatures. And they, they were made, first of all, to help the Shekinah glory. 
and then they are to be made to be servants of humanity as well. And then, ladies and gentlemen, there's a great prophecy there in Jeremiah the 31st chapter, in the 22nd verse. And Jeremiah said, a new thing that Yahweh will do, for the woman shall surround the man. Now, I want you to understand when Yeshua came to Jerusalem before he was crucified, and then the, all these people who loved him, they went out and they, they were hollering Hosanna. They waved the palm branches and they were all around him. The woman, the church, was surrounding Yeshua. And he was coming to give his blood, his sacrifice for the sins of humanity. And the woman surrounded the man. Whenever these prophets and ancient people, some people today, we're not sure they've really been to heaven. But whenever they go to heaven, they see the throne of Yahweh. There's a glow around that throne. You read about it in First Timothy, the sixth chapter, and he says that Yahweh dwells in, in, in an unapproachable light. That's the Shekinah glory. You don't see Yahweh. You're too filthy. And you're really too filthy to behold her glory, too. There's only one man in history, according to our Bible, that got a glimpse of the Shekinah glory. After the children of Israel made the golden calf, and then uh, Moses, after he appeased the anger of Yahweh, and then Moses said, show me your glory. He didn't say, Yahweh, let me see you. Show me your glory. And so this angel or this messenger, angel just means messenger of El, a messenger of God. And so this messenger said, you can't see my face and live. Any Jewish scholar would tell you it's talking about a woman. You understand? You can't see a woman face and live. You can't see a Muslim woman face and live. That's just a custom in those Middle Eastern lands that you respect their women and you're not able to look at their face. That's what Paul was writing about in 1 Corinthians 11th chapter. You can't look at a woman's face and live. It's a terrible sin. And so that's what it was. Moses was the only one who got a glimpse of the Shekinah glory. And the angel said, I'm, you can't see my face and live. I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock. And then the Shekinah glory, she came before Moses. He couldn't see her. He saw her back parts. And the Bible says she went before Moses, and she just praised Yahweh, how glorious and how wonderful and how majestic he is. That's all she did. She didn't say nothing about herself. And women, that's the way you're supposed to be with your husband. You're supposed to praise your husband. Whatever God has given him to do, like Yahweh gave Adam the job to till that garden. And so when Eve came along, he already had a job assignment. And he sent her him a helper along. And we're going to see that she failed when she abandoned what Yahweh told her to do. You understand? And the woman shall surround the man. And so, ladies and gentlemen, you're not permitted to go in the presence of Yahweh. I fear to go in the presence of Yahweh. I've lived whole, I've gone four years on various fasts and no dating and all that. A, a year what I call a sabbatical. And I've done that from 82 to 1986. And, and Yahweh opened up my understanding on hundreds of teachings. And I had to write them down hastily and go back and study them to make sure they were in congruence with the Torah. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it's not an easy thing 
to go into the presence of Yahweh. A lot of these people today, they, they make it sound like they could get up and go up there in the presence of heaven, have a little coffee with Yahweh and this and that, but it don't agree with Scripture. Nobody goes in the presence of Yahweh. It's dangerous to go in the presence of Yahweh. And Moses, even though with his, he was called the meekest man on the whole planet, but he couldn't go in the presence of Yahweh. So I'm telling you, you've been mistaken at thinking you can hoop and holler and act silly and crazy going in the presence of the Shekinah glory. As one, one tale here lately in the year 1996, and this man, uh, he went into this uh, uh, Pentecostal church, I think it was, and they were expecting something to happen. And all of a sudden, it was like a thunderclap. And the Holy Spirit, the Shekinah glory, the angels ushered her into this church. Yes, it was. And when she came into the church, everybody hit the floor. Nobody could sing. Nobody could get glory. The preacher was picked up and thrown eight to ten feet in the air. And everybody had to bow because the Shekinah glory has showed up. Yes, indeed, and that's what I want to see. I want to see Yahweh take over the church again where we can worship in his presence and behold the woman surrounding the man. Little did you know that when Yahweh sent the Holy Spirit on a, in, in a that story about in, in Exodus, is in Exodus 33 and 34, you read it and you soak it up and you understand that the kind of glory is very sacred. And you better be careful wanting to be in her presence. I fear to be in her presence. That, that church there in uh, Houston, Texas, uh, that, that anointing came through that church. People were healed, and it lasted almost uh, till Wednesday. That was a Sunday night, and it lasted almost till Wednesday. That's what we need in the church. I don't need your uh, elaborate teachings and this and that. I need the presence. I need the glory to come into the church where we can be cleaned up and learn how to respect her presence. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm in pain preaching this message to you. I'm in pain because the world disrespects the Shekinah glory, and it is an unpardonable sin, Matthew, the 12th chapter. Yes, indeed. And so, ladies and gentlemen, Moses, when he came out the cleft of the rock, I'm sure he was never the same again. I don't know anyone that's been in the presence that were ever the same again. It, it changes you profoundly. It gives you respect for worship, respect for the presence of Yahweh. It's not about hooping and hollering and speaking in tongues and all of that. Even that will be just put out of business in the Yahweh's remnant. When we raise up the true church, we're not going to put up with all that noise in worship. You're going to have to learn to worship Yahweh respectfully. And, and, and do it in a way where he gets glory. It's not about me and you hooping and hollering. It's about giving them the glory. The triune Yahweh and the woman shall surround the man. You know, if you go to the book of John, and it, in the 15th chapter of John, the 26th verse, it talks about this Shekinah glory sent out on missions. But when she went out on these missions, she was always attached to Yahweh. You understand? Well, so whatever Yahweh sent her to do, to teach the church or whatever, he always was like holding her hand. He never let her go from his, his personal presence. But in John the 8th chapter, verse 
uh, in the John the 8th chapter, verse 42, you'll see where that uh, when when Yahweh sent uh, Yeshua, when he sent Jesus, or Yeshua out on the missions, he went out and away from Yahweh. You understand? There's a difference there in their ministries. And little do you know when when you the sacred name, Eye, Asha Eye, that's talking about Eye, Eye, I am, I am. That Asha is a, a term that means happy. It means there's joy in, in the presence of Yahweh. But when it says Eye, Eye, it's talking about two. It's talking about two in that holy name, Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. Yes, indeed, because the woman and the man are like one. And the woman shall surround the man. What kind of women are in the earth today? We're in a matriarchal society. We've got women who think they own everything. They dominate society. They crazy in these churches. They don't know how to rightly divide the word. And they think they're going to heaven with that noise. One of the quickest ways to go to hell is to play with the presence of Yahweh's spirit. Yes, indeed. The Bible says two out of three going to die at the preaching of the two witnesses. They're going to die all, everywhere that the tribes of Israel settled. The lost tribes of Israel went to Europe. These whites who came from Europe, they went through Central Africa, and they came over here as slaves. They were a brotherly covenant. And I teach this to you over and over so you understand. We all, basically everybody in America, are the lost tribes of Israel. And Yahweh gave one religion to this great mass and it is called Messianic Judaism. That's what I am. I'm a Messianic Jewish rabbi. I teach deep things in the word of Yahweh. I don't know Hebrew. What I have learned was just plain old, plain old hard work, different words that I didn't understand in Hebrew. And I would look those words up, and I would pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach me which one of those concepts was best applied to those passages. And this, that has gone on over 50 years of my life. I've been trained by heaven, not by these little cheap colleges, not by these places where these preachers learn how to beat you out of money and all. I was trained of heaven. Proverbs 23, 23, buy the truth and sell it not. It is a sin to sell the truth. Thank you for being on these airways with us. And we're going to teach you deep things in the word of Yahweh. Just beginning now. Just beginning. I'm going to teach you who is the Antichrist. I'm going to tell you all about the ancient mysteries of the Bible, the ancient sacrifices. I'm going to teach you things you never knew was in the Bible. And today is no exception. We just beginning this great study about the Shekinah glory. And so, ladies and gentlemen, he sends out the Holy Spirit, but he's with her everywhere he goes. So that means a glimpse of the Holy of Yah of the Holy Spirit is that glow around the throne, and in the midst of that glow sits Yahweh. And when they go out to do missions, because if you offend Yahweh, it's kind of like I remember when I was a little boy. If you said something bad about my daddy, we might joke it off or whatever. But if you said something ugly about my mother, oh, it's time to fight. You defend your mother's honor. And that's what Matthew, that's what Jesus did, Yeshua did in, in Matthew 12. You don't say things disrespectful in her presence or in her person or in her being. Yes, indeed. I'm going to teach you about the mysteries of the ancient uh, 
nations became modern-day denominations. And when we conquered Jericho, we're going to go through those ancient nations. I'm going to tell you what they mean in Hebrew. And when we conquered Jericho, the next city we went to was Ai. And Ai was a, a composite word that means women preachers. And, and there are a few from the study of ancient Ai, when they went down to do battle with them, they, you know, initially they had some success. But then when the folk went to drop in dead, and they, that was the first nation that surrendered peacefully to Joshua. You just haven't heard the truth. We are in a great battle. We're in a battle whether you want to be in it or not. You are in a battle for, to have the truth. And the, and the saints shall fight to bring the truth back to the epitome it ought to have. You're in this battle. Whether you want to be in it, if you don't want to fight, then you're going to hell. If you're fighting on the wrong team, you're going to hell. If you fight and you're trying to exalt Messianic Judaism, you're in, good, you're in safe hands. Let me tell you the history of, of Judaism. When, they, when, when Moses them got to Mount Sinai and then uh, that 19th chapter, they wanted, uh, Yahweh said, I want you to come up and talk with me. And they were scared to death. They let Moses go up there. Now I want you to reflect back. So when Yahweh, after he made the Shekinah glory, when he created her, now he creates these angels. And there was these billions of planets. And there was these billions of angels. And they saw Yahweh standing there holding everything in his hand. And the angels were scared. And they were scared. And so two angels decided to go closer into his presence. And I don't want you to ever forget this. This is the story of life. This is how it all began. And so these two angels, they went up near to Yahweh, and they decided to formulate some rules that would, uh, would, would uh, indicate how to approach Yahweh. That's what the word Leviticus stands for. You are to know, come into his presence, but there's a way to do it. Can't just go to church like you've been going. Some of you don't bathe. You don't know how to have clean clothes. Little basic things. You don't want, and you want to go in the presence of the King of Kings and the Shekinah glory. And you're going to stop doing it in, with the two witnesses. We're going to restore honor and dignity and worship and respect to Yahweh and the Shekinah glory by the blood of Yeshua. Yes, indeed. And so these angels that went into his presence, they formulated these rules that they were supposed to uh, do to go into Yahweh's presence. And the Bible says in the book of Galatians, uh, it's in Galatians, uh, let me just read that to you. In Galatians, the uh, third chapter, and I just want to read this to you because when, when, when they decide to formulate the Torah, in the third chapter it says in the 19th verse, Wherefore then serve the Torah? It was added because of transgressions to the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. And you see there in First Timothy, the second chapter, it talks about there's one mediator between God and man. There's one mediator. So when they made these rules, the law, the Torah, these laws that we believe, and Yeshua was over that mediation, and he had the final word to say concerning the Torah. Then in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, Isaiah 53, it says, and the law, the Torah is upon him. When you go to a Messianic Jewish service and they have the Torah walk, 
And the man who's producing the Torah for that day, he walks around the church in a figure eight. And the figure eight symbolizes <coughs> that they are at rest in Yahweh's presence. And they, and they go around and everybody would take the Bible and they would kiss the tip of the Bible and touch that Torah because it's a sacred thing to be in the presence of Yahweh and the instruments of worship. It's sacred. I, I've only done a, a Torah wall one time in my life. Uh, Judaism, the rabbis don't like me. You don't like me either, but Yahweh has sent me here to straighten this mess out. It's a mess out there. When I first began my studies in the military in uh, September of 1969, there were 12,000 different denominations. Today, ladies and gentlemen, there's over half million. To be classified as a denomination in, in the Library of uh, uh, Congress, you have to have one unique teaching and about 15 followers. And today is about a, a, a half million of them. Everybody think, I got the truth. We got this. The church ain't built right. Idols and images everywhere. The people don't dress right. They don't eat right. And you finna go into the presence of Yahweh. And my job is to get you right. Clean you up without spot or wrinkle. And so then heaven decided, now that we made... Uh, the course of heaven, now we're going to make mankind. And so man was made, not created. That was a different term in Hebrew for creation. Creation means to be made from, not, from nothing, like the angels were, like the Shekinah glory. But making means there was some substance that uh, uh, they used to make mankind. You see, after Satan rebelled in Revelation, the 12th chapter, and then they, they decided to let Yeshua, that's in uh, Revelation 2, 1, 2, that was when the earth fell and became tohu and bohu, it became void and, and corrupt and all. And then they were fighting, and uh, then the Holy Spirit came on the scene. It's like a mother coming home and the children fighting. And when she came on the scene, all the angels quiet down. Why? Because there's a sin to be disruptive and crazy in the presence of Yahweh. Yes, indeed. So they quiet down, and then it was given to Yeshua to do a recreation. What we are living in today, ladies and gentlemen, is a recreation. And so this will be a two-part study, but I want you to stay with us. We're going to teach you things you never heard. And so Adam was made, and the word Adam, it was a nickname. They called it a pun, P-U-N. And that nickname reflected his color. Adam means red man. Or today, or like the early American Indian would say, a white man. That's what Adam means in Hebrew. And then why did he call her Eve? Because she looked like a mulatto, a black woman. So the first interracial marriage on earth was Adam and Eve. Let me say that again. The first interracial marriage on earth was Adam and Eve. And when he had made all the animals and the nature and the fish and things like that, he said it was good. But when he made that black woman for that white man, he said it was very good. Yes, interracial marriage was the ideal marriage that Yahweh ordained for humanity. If he had done that, you can easily see why. It wouldn't be no racism in the land. Everybody would have married the white man would have married a black man, a black woman, and then uh, the, the, the yellow man, or the, 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 we'll say the Chinese would marry 
a white man, a white woman. And so that's that would have kept racism out of the land. The worst sin in the Bible is you thinking you better than me because you got pretty skin or, or you got nice hair. But if everybody had continued to be like Adam and Eve, intermarrying, intermingling, it wouldn't be no racism in the land. That's the biggest sin of the land. And so, ladies and gentlemen, there they were, Adam and Eve, a white man and a black woman. And so when they brought this woman to Adam, he made this tremendous vow. You are now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And most scholars believe that that's when they consummated the marriage. But in Judaism, they, they, they had a what you call a betrothal. And so they were betrothed. And then a year later, they would have the actual marriage. And so what happened then, Adam went back to working in that garden, getting it ready. And then the devil, the serpent, came along. And even though the Bible projects it as being a snake or whatever, it's really talking about Lucifer. He came into that garden. Now, I want you to know what happened next, ladies and gentlemen, is that Lucifer began to expose himself to Eve. And I'm sure your pastors never told you that. He exposed himself to Eve. He was a big man. He was a giant angel. And, you know, the, the male or pudenda or whatever is normal size, but Satan had something more than normal. And Eve began to lust after the devil himself. Well, in, in the book of Genesis, in that sixth chapter of Genesis, we see where fallen angels were intimate with wicked women. And because of that, it says in the letter of Jude, it says the angels that sinned who left their first estate, they were taken away from being in the presence of humans. And so they were put in a prison immediately. The time they had that first intimate moment with a fallen woman. And so they were locked up. Now, Satan didn't want that to happen, so he came up with a plan where he could impregnate Eve. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. And that's what happened in early man. Yes, indeed. So here, Adam was out there working hard, and this woman was over there looking at this man's body. Satan, he was physical. He was beautiful. You know, it says in, in uh, the book of Ezekiel, he was the prettiest thing in the garden was the devil himself. And there she was lusting after this fallen angel. Yes, indeed. And then, ladies and gentlemen, let's just get to it. Because we're going to talk about this in our next program as well. And so what he did, he enticed her to come and have be intimate with him. And she was having oral sex with the devil. Now, the Bible talks about in, in Malachi, the second chapter, it says, all of us came from Adam. So all of us came from Adam. And now how can we, how could the devil get his own gene pool flowing through the land? Because it says in John the 8th chapter, John eight forty four, it talks about year of the devil. And he says there are two seeds in the land. That's what Yeshua said. There's a seed of Christ, of people who could be Christians, and there's a seed of the devil. People who just full of the devil. You meet these people sometimes, and you know, I can't reach that guy. I can't do nothing with that mean, hateful woman. And so what, what you do, you, they, there's nothing you can do with them. There are two seeds in the land. Ye are of your father the devil. It's not a coincidental statement. 
Yeshua was saying in John 8, 44, that the devil has a, a bunch of people floating around the earth as well. Yes, indeed. And so to make all of us come from Adam, the only way Satan could do it and not be cast into a prison, like in the letter of Jude, the only way he could do it, ladies and gentlemen, called Eve, when she was lusting with the devil, she told Adam, come on over here and eat with me. And so Adam, they had never had sex. They hadn't consummated their marriage. It probably was near that year period, and now they consummate the marriage. And so she got involved uh, uh, orally with the devil, and she tell Adam, come and eat with me. And he did it as well. And so what he did, you, ladies and gentlemen, you can believe it or not, for years I used to study this text and try to understand the meaning of it in Hebrew. But what happened? Satan put the sperm of himself in the mouth of Adam. And then Adam, uh, they, it was an orgy. It was an orgy, ladies and gentlemen. He took the sperm of Satan in his mouth and put it in the womb of, of Eve. And then uh, Adam had normal sex with Eve, and he put his sperm in Eve. And so Eve was pregnant with two people. Yes, indeed. And, you know, to try to hide their sin because their first commandment was to, uh, to uh, be fruitful and multiply. So the next day before Yeshua came along, she, they went and ate figs. If you go to primitive tribes, you was you talk with someone in a primitive tribe, they'll tell you if I get have sex the night before, then uh, if I eat figs, then I won't get pregnant. It's what you call the morning after pill. And I've known women who wondering why they couldn't get pregnant, and they ate a lot of figs. I said, if you quit eating those figs, you'll get pregnant. And sure enough, they did. That's what happened in that garden, ladies and gentlemen. It was a horrible sin. It was such a horrible sin. And, and, and what happened after the sin, after it was over, and then Adam was so angry at Eve that he left her for a moment. It says in First uh, Corinthians 7, chapter, it says, If the unbeliever depart, let him go. But he came back to her, but he left her for a moment. Some books say that he went and got uh, other creatures out there impregnated. But anyway, we don't know that to be true. But the Bible that we love, it seems to indicate that uh, uh, Adam, he, he messed around, he got angry at Eve, he went away, but he came back. And then when we go to the fourth chapter of Genesis, and you will see in that fourth chapter of Genesis, ladies and gentlemen, that Eve, she had a baby. She says, and I had help from the Lord. In other words, it was a big baby. It was a giant baby. It was the first Nephilim on the earth. Cain did not come from Adam. It came from Satan. And then, ladies and gentlemen, then the, when, after that, she gave birth. She kept on giving birth, and she gave birth to Abel, who was a normal-sized man, a normal-sized baby. But Cain was a giant baby. He was a Nephilim. He was giant. He was strong and very reproductive. And he went to the land of Nod, and he began to have children all into that land, people who went away from the presence of Yahweh. I'm going to leave it there, and we're going to come back on, on our next session, and I'm going to show you what else happened. But that event is called super, it's called heteropaternal, super fecundation. It's something that dogs have, cats and all, where they have two or three 
partners right behind each other, and then the, the children come out looking differently. It's happened with humans. It happened with dogs or cats, and that's what happened in that garden. The, the first child was Cain. He came from the devil, and Abel came from uh, uh, his, his daddy, uh, uh, Adam. And that's what happened, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk more about that when we come on the airwaves. You just didn't know that that was the truth of the matter. I'm Emmanuel West, Jr. I want you to listen to our program. You're welcome to email us, send us questions. And uh, you'll see when you go online to see us, you can see our donation page. And we appreciate you helping us out. If you give us much, we appreciate it. If you don't give us a dime, we appreciate it. We're working on a way to give studies to you free of charge where you can learn the deep things in the word of Yahweh. We thank you. We love you because the truth will finally be known. May you be blessed. Shabbat shalom.